Welcome back to another Edge Got In podcast. Thank you for pushing that pause button to Edge Got In, to your mind, your will, and those crazy emotions. Perhaps you've gotten hijacked this week, and this is your touchstone, your your pause in life, your gift stop to remember who's really in charge here. Our mission at Edge Got In is to champion your human potential in Christ. We recently launched the six-week study guide, Emotional Intelligence in Christ, six-week study guide. If you haven't already checked that out, you can visit us at emotionalintelligenceinchrist.com, emotionalintelligenceinchrist.com. We now have the original book, Emotional Intelligence in Christ, the course, and now the six-week study guide available. Let's jump into today's topic. We've been doing a series called Don't Waste Your Suffering. We're taking a little side journey here, a little side path on that topic, but yet it has a lot to do with that same subject. I'm going to share a personal uh, story from my own journey today that just occurred last week, and perhaps you can relate to it and some of the emotions and feelings that go along with an earth school class that you haven't taken yet. And then all of a sudden it shows up and you find yourself smack in the middle of it, and uh, you realize this is a job for Jesus. Our title for today's podcast is How to Wield a Double-Edged Sword in Spiritual Combat. Hmm, that takes some practice, my friends. At the end of today's podcast, it's our intention that you'll walk away with three steps for victory in the ring of spiritual combat. Think about something that just popped into your life in the last week, uninvited, or perhaps in the last month or two months, or maybe there's something a year ago that still keeps popping up, uh, an event that happened that just jumped in your earth school journey uninvited. Keep that in mind as we're going through today's scriptures and today's topic. The Holy Spirit is always at work, my friends, to pull out a greater good than had those undesirable pop-ups happened in life. Holy Spirit, I know that if you do not show up today, this podcast will not go where you want it to go. This is for your glory, Lord. You know our mission at Emotional Intelligence in Christ is to create those learning opportunities, those um, experiences, truly where people can encounter your love. May today be one of them. So that people that listen to today's podcast, everyone that's tuning in will be empowered with the the ability that comes directly from you, because of you within us, to manage our emotions in the midst of those undesirable or uninvited earth school experiences that ultimately, Lord, you know, will increase our faith file. Yet when we find ourselves in them, it's very easy to take our eyes off of you and start to look at the waves around us, and therefore we sink. Give us the grace to come back to keep our focus on you. There are lots of waves in this world, Lord. As we keep our eyes fixed on you, You ignite the power within us to walk on top of those waves. Apart from you, we can do nothing. Thank you for reminding me of that once again last week. 
Please bless the listeners today and increase their faith as a result of tuning in to our topic today. Up our game in the ring, Lord. Our battle is not against flesh and blood, but against the spiritual forces of evil that are waging war against our soul. You know, Lord, that the biggest trickery of the devil, his biggest tool that he uses to knock us off our game with you is to steal our peace. Get thee behind us, Satan. Jesus Christ of Nazareth lives within us. And Lord, we give you more authority than all of those shiny objects, all of those trinkets, all those voices outside of us that are attempting to steal our peace. We stand firm in you. You are our peacemaker, our waymaker, and our chain remover. Have your way with us in spite of ourselves today. And thank you, God, for victory. In your most precious name we pray. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Last Monday was started out as, as any other Monday. And I started actually um, doing a workout, a certain workout a couple of weeks ago called, um, well, I won't even name name what it's called because I don't want to associate or, or, or spread any bad rumors or anything about the specific workout because I don't believe the workout had anything to do with it. It was a new workout and I invited my husband to do it as well. And he works out six days a week, pretty much. And so after this workout, it was pretty intense. My husband started to complain of pain in his neck, his back, the back part of his back on both sides, um, his right side of his neck and down his right arm and left arm. And so he said, I think I pulled some muscles. And so I was kind of storing that in my heart and thought, hmm, that doesn't make sense to me, particularly with the type of workout it was. But I let it go. And so by the time we got home, he wanted the windows open. So I rolled the windows down. We got home and he threw himself on the couch and said he was exhausted and he was in a lot of pain. So I said, well, tell me more about the pain. And again, he said, well, it's spread up into my jaw. Now, I had read an article several years ago about the different signs of a heart attack. And the one thing that stood out is that a heart attack does not manifest the same for every human being. And I'm a big fan of that going through advanced cancer. Not everything is for everyone and not every symptom shows up in every human being. So it's important to understand and to pray for the grace to know when something doesn't feel right in your own body. I had read an article that included the jaw pain, which kind of triggered me. So I was in the kitchen and I paused and I said, Lord, what do you want me to do? And instantly I heard the single sound bite, which Jesus in his grace often does, just drops in those single statements. Sometimes they're one word, sometimes they're two word, but they're directives, my friends. Speak, Lord, your servant's listening. And so I asked, what, what should I do? And I heard, go to the ER. And so I walked in over and sat next to my husband and um, looked at his coloring. And I said to him, you know who you look like right now is you look like E.T., in the river by the bridge. Now, for some of you, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about in the movie E.T., that little critter uh, that Spielberg created that was uh, this, this Martian 
uh, alien from space, but he started to lose his life and he turned gray and they found him. Finally, they were trying to find him to save him. And they found him in the river by this bridge and he was completely gray. So I told him that and he said, well, that's not good. <laughs> and I said, I'm taking you to the ER. And he resisted a bit. And he said, no, no, I'm fine. I just pulled some muscles. I said, nope, because the resolve in my, in my heart, my friends, and this is, this is part of our topic today. When you know the word of God and God is speaking to you and you get that soundbite, don't allow anything outside of you to deter you from what you know is true in your heart, what God has spoken to you. So I, stay, I stood firm. And that's part of the spiritual combat is to understand the word of God, first and foremost, double-edged sword, piercing heart, soul, and marrow. So I looked at my husband and I said, hey, listen, you have to use all available resources, my friends, when you're in situations like this. And my, and my husband loves food. He's Greek and, and he loves food. And I said, if I'm wrong, I'll buy you one of your favorite burgers. But if I'm right, then we'll talk about that later. So I got him to get in the car. By the time we got to the emergency room, it was 10 minutes away. I was driving as quickly as I could and safely as I could. I was 100% sure that my husband was having a heart attack last Monday. So I walked in and he uh, got himself in with me. At that point, his pain was very intense up the right side of his neck, the right jaw, down the right side of his arm. He didn't have trouble breathing. He didn't have pains in his chest. And I walked in and I said, my husband's having a heart attack. And that got us in the back room very quickly, just saying. And he was surrounded by doctors. And I heard on the loudspeaker, cardiac arrest and our room number. And everything was happening so fast. Now, just stepping out of this story for a moment, I'd like to give you a little context to the situation. I do not do well in emergency situations. I have proof that my kids can talk to you about, my husband can talk to you about. I don't do well in emergency situations. My, my stress response needs some work. And it's interesting because that's the field that God has called me in. I'm often referred to as an SME, subject matter expert in the area of stress management, because that's one of the areas that I've perfected educationally and teach quite a bit. However, perhaps that's why I do it is for myself first and foremost, because I don't usually handle stressful situations well. God knows that. So let's back up before, and I'll finish the story, what happened and how it turned out on Monday, last Monday. On Saturday, before the heart attack that my husband had on Monday, I was reading one of my little scripture books. And I've been, I had been memorizing scripture since I was 17. That was something the Holy Spirit put on my heart is, is, is just a love and a passion for the scriptures. And I'd never memorized this one particular scripture. And when I saw it and I was reading about it on Saturday, I heard within my soul, memorize this today, as clear as, as day. And the scripture was 1 Corinthians 15.58. It's not like John 3.16, Romans 8.28. Philippians 4.13. Those are some popular scriptures. People be like, oh yeah, I know that one. 1 Corinthians 15.58 says, stand firm, let nothing move you. Always give yourself fully to the work of the Lord because your labor in the Lord is not in vain. The first two phrases of that scripture became active within my heart and soul on Monday. I kept talking about them with my husband 
through the weekend, Saturday and Sunday. I said, God's moving me to memorize this verse. I, I was telling my husband, I said, so let's talk about this. Stand firm, let nothing move you. What does that mean to you? Let nothing move you. That means anything outside the earth suit, anything that pops up. If we have, if God is calling us, my friends, to this scripture, and I was talking to my husband about this, then that means he'll give us the grace to do it. Can you imagine the freedom of embracing that one scripture? Stand firm. Let nothing move you. Nothing, nothing. There was no small print on that. Let nothing move you. Now that tells me the word let means we have a choice. We can let something move us or not. And according to that scripture, the holy word of God, as we make that our own and declare that in spiritual combat, no, God has called me to let nothing move me. And I declare that truth in my life today. Then that becomes reality, my friends with the work and the help of the Holy Spirit within us. And this is part of emotional intelligence in Christ. It's the activation, the wakefulness, the attentiveness of the Holy Spirit within us to help us discern and manage our emotions and behavior. The Holy Spirit within us gives us the ability to maintain peace, no matter what surrounds us, so that we can be patient, loving, kind, self-controlled, Without Jesus, this is a testimony. I feel like Gilead, when God cut Gilead's army down, so that uh, the main purpose of that in the Old Testament, by the way, and the scripture says this, is so that you will know that the victory is from the hand of the Lord. And I can say this, the fact that I was able to stay calm through this experience. Now, afterwards, I fell apart and cried for the whole week. I still am crying uh, on and off. But as I was going through it, I had this peace that passes all human understanding. And that verse was driving it because I stored it in my heart. Stand firm. Let nothing move you. It kept echoing through my soul, to my heartbeat, to my adrenals, to my mindset. And so flipping forward, again, this scripture was resounding loudly within me as I stood by the bedside of my husband who was having what they referred to as the widow maker heart attack. And as they determined, they went through a, a triage of different protocol to determine they put nitric oxide under his tongue. They took his blood work. They did the um, uh, EKGs and everything led to, okay, uh, prep the room. So they took him up. And um, right before he went up, he looked at me at this point, he was definitely looking like E.T. in the river by the bridge. He was gray at that point because he had an 80% block and it was uh, coagulating and filling up quickly, which is why they call it the Widowmaker because it's kind of in the center. Uh, actually, the, I'm picturing because I learned more about the heart than I ever dreamed I'd ever need to know or want to know, but it's um, located kind of in the center down uh, in the heart. So when that's clogged, that's why they call it the widow maker, because then they said within six hours, he would have been gone. So thanks be to God. Um, he moved me to bring, bring him in. So they went in, they cleared it out. They put a stent in. Uh, but before we went up, he looked at me and he goes, I'm scared. I'm afraid. And my husband never says that. And so my daughter, by that point, had made it to the hospital, and she's very calm 
in situations like this. And so I couldn't say a word after that because I felt the tears coming up and I looked at my daughter and she goes, well, let's pray. And so we put our hands on my husband and prayed and we rebuked fear in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. We rebuked worry. We rebuked the, the, the clog or what was going on in his heart. And we declared in Jesus' name, we followed Jesus' lead, which is the first step of the three steps of victory in the, in the ring. We followed Jesus' lead from Luke 4 when he was in the desert tempted by the devil. The devil was trying to get him to even forget his identity which God reestablished in the transfiguration. This is my beloved son. It was reestablished several times. If you are the son of God, then do this. So basically prove it. So in a, in a, in a state of crisis, Satan's going to plant those thoughts in your mind. If God was really with you, he might prevent this from happening. If God was really with you, then you wouldn't be afraid. So he's going to he's going to want to place doubt in our minds. So whatever it is for you today, be aware of the lies, the trickery. His greatest desire is to rob our peace because he knows when our peace is gone, our faith goes with it. And when our faith our faith remains intact, then victory is ours because remember the protocol. We remember what the scriptures say in Hebrews 4:12 about the power of the word of God within us. For the word of God in Hebrews 4.12 is alive and active. It's constantly alive and active within us. It's sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. I can say this, when you're stressed, the frontal cortex restricts, shoots you to the back part of your brain. You only have three reactive choices. You're hijacked into animal planet, fight, flight, or freeze. So it pierces through all of that stress response, the word of God, pierces through all of the adrenaline, pierces through all of the norepinephrine, epinephrine coursing through your body, restricting your body from the major organs to your limbs so that you can fight, flight, or freeze. It pierces through all of that. Nothing in, cre in creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of him to whom we must give an account. Stay awake, my friends. It's getting dark out there. We've got to really train up even when these uninvited events happen. How do we do this? What does that look like? It's following Jesus' lead, first and foremost. And that's the first step that I'd like to leave with you today of the three steps. Follow Jesus' lead. From Luke chapter 4. When he's tempted by the devil, each time he declares a scripture. If you haven't read the first part of Luke chapter 4, that's your earth school practice. Read it. Get familiar with it. He's, he's our mentor when it comes to emotional intelligence. Emotional intelligence is most difficult when emotions are strong, when we're scared, when we have self-doubt. All the more we've got to train up outside the ring. So when we are in the ring, when we're in the ER and the event is unfolding before us, we can remember Jesus. We can call on the scriptures and declare them, stand firm. 
let nothing move you. Then we move to step two. After understanding, okay, this is my victory in the ER room, the, the, the emergency room. By the way, Jesus is the best ERR doctor. He is uh, the best at entering the encounter with us, at restoring our strength as we resist the hijack. And he resurrects our identity in him. Always, always he does. That's a previous podcast. So remembering that Jesus is our victory. So we follow his, his lead. We, we see how Jesus fought against the devil's attacks in the midst of these crazy life pop-ups. And what is it for you today? Last week, my husband had a heart attack. So there's all kinds of different uninvited pop-ups that happen on, in earth school as you're thinking about that. The second step is to memorize scripture. Store it within your heart because then the Holy Spirit can use it as ammunition to fire back. There was tons of thoughts that were prowling around in the radar and I could feel them creeping up in that ER room as I was watching the life drift out of my husband. Your husband's going to die. This isn't going to turn out good. God isn't with you. Shut up, Satan. Stand firm. I'm not going to let anything move me because Christ is with me. So it's essential to follow Jesus' lead. Talk back, my friends. Declare the scriptures. So follow Jesus' lead is the first step. Become familiar with Luke 4. That's his protocol. Second, memorize scripture. Ask the Holy Spirit as you're reading through scripture. If you're not familiar with the scriptures, start in the Gospel of John. Read the Gospel of John. If you're fearful in any way, there are actually approximately 26 times that Jesus says, don't be afraid. He also says, do not let your hearts be troubled. He says, don't be terrified. Don't be alarmed. The angels who came to visit Mary said, do not fear. Don't be afraid. Jesus calls his disciples, Simon in Luke 5.10, don't be afraid. From now on, you'll be catching people. When there was a storm at the sea, which we started this podcast talking about, don't look at the waves. Matthew 8.26, why are you afraid? Oh, you of little faith. Then he got up and rebuked the wind and the waves, and it became calm. Faith, by the way, led the disciples into the boat that night led them into the storm, by the way. Faith also allowed Peter to walk on water, gave him the strength to walk on water. And the faith, the only thing that happens is he took his eyes off of Jesus and he started to be distracted. When your fear is increasing, ask yourself, what's distracting me from remembering the power of the word of God, which is sharper than any double-edged sword that can pierce through all of this stress, all of this fear, all of this doubt? What is it? Once you have a name, and this is how they still do, um, this is how they still cast out demons in people. This is how they did it in Jesus' time. Jesus came to the man that was possessed with many demons. What's your name? Legion, or many. They ask what the name is. What is the name of what it is that's distracting you? Fear, self-doubt, worry. I choose fear because that's a fuel. That's a, that's a main seed. Perfect love casts out all fear. Jesus speaks about it 26 times. Do not fear. He also said to Jairus, 
who is overwhelmed. He also said to the centurion, do not fear, only believe. Do not be afraid, only believe, and your daughter will be saved. He instructs his disciples many times, have no fear. Do not fear those who kill the body and can't kill the soul. Do not be afraid. You're much more important than sparrows. In Luke 12, 4 through 5, he says, I tell you, my friends, do not fear those who kill the body and can do nothing more after that. The very hairs of your, on, your, on your head are, are numbered. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid, little flock. Luke 12, 32. It's your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. I am with you. When he walked on water, he repeated it again many times. Do not be afraid, Peter. Do not be afraid. To his disciples, they were terrified, it says, when they saw him walking on the water. Immediately, he says, take heart, it's I. Don't be afraid. He's giving that message to you today. What is it that you are fearful of? And it could be fear of not being included, not being recognized, not being promoted. Fear that you won't be enough. You won't have enough. You won't be able to do enough. Fear is the root of discomfort and lack of peace. That's where Satan slithers around, my friends. He was trying to hijack me last, last week. And I can say it was not me at all that got me through that. What got me through that is the memorization of that one scripture on Saturday, stand firm, let nothing move you, that allowed me to stand firm with my husband and walk all the way up and let him wheel them in and stood firm all the way until we were all the way on the other side. And they were giving us the protocol of recovering the heart, the part that was stunted, listening to the future. And then I went out to my car to go get some stuff because we were in the hospital for a couple of days and I lost it with the Lord just wailing and crying is good. I've mentioned this before, but tears actually create a space in the brain. They create a space in the brain. And this is how God created us. Tears, when you shed all those tears, it creates a space in the brain that allows you to focus on solutions and get you out of bottom-up thinking. So tears are actually good. Give yourself permission to feel any and every emotion. My invitation is feel the emotions with Jesus not with your flesh. Feel them with Jesus through your flesh. Then he'll give you the grace to overcome and to move through. When he taught his disciples, Jesus even spoke about the end times and said, see that you're not alarmed. These things are going to take place. You'll hear of wars, rumors of wars. Don't be alarmed. Do not be terrified. At the Last Supper, he said, do not let your hearts be troubled, my friends. Believe in God, believe also in me. John 14, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. I don't give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled, and do not let them be afraid. There's that three-letter word again, my friends, let. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Do not let them be afraid. That means we can. There's that choice point. Armor up with the word of God. Have your feet firmly fit, shotted in the word of, of God, the living word of God, sharper than any double-edged sword, piercing heart, soul, and marrow, cutting through emotions, stress, anxiety, fear, worry. It is our victory. It was my victory last Monday. It's been my victory before when I went through cancer, divorce, when I went through times of getting my feelings hurt. 
what is it for you today? So the first step is to follow Jesus' lead. He showed us very specifically, hey, my friends, this is how you fight against the devil. Declare the scripture. So what's the logical second step? Memorize the scripture. As you're reading through the Gospel of John, just have a note cards by you. What's my scripture today? You're reading through John 15. Remain in me and I in you. Remain is declared approximately 11 times. So perhaps you write one of those scriptures. Remain in me and I in you. Apart from me, you can bear no fruit. Or I am the vine, you are the branch. Whoever remains in me and I in you will bear much fruit. If you want to bear much fruit, then that's your scripture. So memorize the scripture. Perhaps it's the scripture I memorize. Not a, not a common one, my friends. I'd never seen it before, even in all the time I've been. I mean, I'd obviously read it because I read it First Corinthians many times, but this is the only time it stood out to me. That is to me, testimony to the power of God saying, hey, my, my daughter, you need to armor up because there's going to be an event on Monday and you're going to need this. Stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always do your work for the Lord. Everything that you do, do it, do it for the Lord. Because your labor in the Lord is not in vain. So I started a little habit this week where before I do anything, and I've mentioned this before, and I'm truly um, applying this habit. If you want to start a new habit, by the way, link it to something you're already doing and write, write it down specifically. And this comes from Atomic Habits. It's a great, a great book on, on habits. This is one of my takeaways from that book is that you link the new habit that you want to do with something you're already doing naturally and easily. And you write down, I will do this habit after I do that at this time. So my new habit is every time I'm transitioning, when I transition in my car from one place to the next, before pulling out, I'm going to pause and, and pray for one minute. So that's going in and out throughout the day. And I've linked it to other habits too. Before I get on with a client, I'm going to pause and I'm going to pray. Before I even open Zoom, I'm going to pause, I'm going to play, pray. But what they found with habits is unless you link it to something you're already doing and you declare the specific time and space you want to do the new habit, odds are it won't happen. You'll get distracted by the waves around you. If it's something important to you, I want to memorize more scripture. After I brush my teeth, I'm going to open up my Bible. And I'm going to read one chapter of the book of John. And I'm going to write down one verse in the beginning of the week that I want to memorize that week. So get very specific with the new habit that you want to anchor. Memorize those scriptures, my friends. The Holy Spirit doesn't waste those, but uses them to train you up so that you can wield the sword of the word of God. So do not be afraid, my friends. Do not be afraid. First thing he said on the night when Paul said to Paul in a vision, do not be afraid, but speak and don't be silent. He was scared about speaking up. Told Paul several times in Acts 27, 24, do not be afraid. You've got to stand before the emperor, Paul. God has granted you safety to all who are sailing with you. There are plenty of scriptures where Jesus declares, do not be afraid. And it's one dark corner, one space of shadow that Satan slithers around wanting to hijack us. So the third step I will leave you with today, 
As promised, the learning objective was to learn three steps for victory in the ring of spiritual combat. What is spiritual combat? <laughs> when those events pop up uninvited in life, the waves. It's very easy to take your eyes off of Jesus. And I say this with a lot of compassion because I was fighting it in the ER room last Monday and I felt the weight of the spiritual battle. Don't trust, doubt. Don't have faith, worry. And we have, we have to let the word of God dwell in us richly, as Colossians 3 says. Let the peace of Christ fill you in Colossians 3. That means we cannot let it, or we can. My invitation today, my friends, is let's let the peace of Christ rule in our hearts. Let's let the word of God dwell within us. So the third step is to talk back to those fearful thoughts that trigger those thoughts that trigger fear, self-doubt, or worry. Talk back. First step, follow Jesus' lead. Read, become very familiar. Lean in to look at the protocol. When I was training for my black belts, I would watch Master Kwan, who was a, a Christian from Korea. He was um, uh, he helped train the Olympians. He was a master at what he did. So for me to be able to mimic the moves, at least even get like a, a tiny bit closer, I never could fully mimic what he did, but just enough to be successful in the ring. I would watch him over and over and over and again and follow his movements. When he was sparring, he taught me how to spar in the ring to be successful. We're following Jesus' lead. He teaches us how to be successful sparring in the ring of spiritual combat. We've got to be attentive and stay awake and watch him closely. And he shares everything with us. And that's why reading through the Gospels, I'll read through the Gospels and I'll start again. I'll read through the Gospels, I'll start again, because there's always something new, because it's alive and active. There's always something new the Holy Spirit wants us to take. So the first step is to learn from Jesus. Second step is to memorize scripture. Third step is to declare it. Once you've memorized, declare it. Because when you're actually in the ER room, metaphorically speaking, and the, the fear is slithering around and it's heavy in the air, you can declare and talk back using the scripture that God put on your heart. I remember two scriptures I just sent to my husband today. He's going through that post-trauma part, which I went through with cancer. And the thought is this, how could my body betray me? I was taking care of my body, right? So there's that's a very natural thought to have when your body, uh, uh, you come close to death is, oh my gosh, how could my body betray me? I was eating right. I was working out six days a week. I don't smoke. I don't drink. How could that happen? Right? And it and brings us face to face with the frailty as well as the power of God that sustains us. If he were to cease to think of us, my friends, we would cease to exist. We're held together because he's thinking of us and loves us today. So take your time to think of these three steps. Write them down. Follow Jesus' lead from Luke 4. Memorize a new scripture this week. And then look for the opportunity to talk back to the phantom fear False evidence appearing real, real that Satan uses to take us off a track. 
you can start with scriptures too, from, from Isaiah, Isaiah 40, 29, uh, from 29 on, he gives us strength and increases the power of the weak, even though the youths grow tired and weary and young men, or my husband's middle age, fall and stumble. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not go weary, walk and not faint. Perhaps you can check out, and this these will all be posted, by the way, my friends, on edgegodin.com, edgegodin.com. With each podcast, we post the scriptures referenced. Another one that I'll post there today is um, Isaiah 41, 10, that says, do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed. I am your God. I will strengthen and help you. I'll uphold you with my righteous right hand. Down on verse 13, it says, for I am the Lord your God, who takes hold of your right hand and says to you, do not fear. I will help you. Do not be afraid. For I myself will help you, declares the Lord. If you flip to to um, Isaiah 43, fear not, for I've redeemed you. I've called you by name. You're mine. Is anybody trying to hijack your identity out there today? Just wondering. Anybody said anything that you're giving power to, that you're believing for a moment? Oh, maybe that's really how I am. Take it back, my friends. Wield the double-edged sword. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you, God says. When you pass through the rivers, they won't sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze, for I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. Stand firm, let nothing move you. Holy Spirit, give us the grace to stand firm and let nothing move us over this next week, over this next day. You've given us today our daily bread. Give us the grace to lean into you more today than yesterday. We love you, Lord. Thank you for saving us. Thank you for saving my husband last week. Thank you for saving all the listeners who are tuning in today. You're thinking of them. They're alive. You have plans for them to prosper them, not to harm them, to give them hope and a future. Help us to remember the words you declared. Fear not. I am with you. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Give them heaven out there. There's enough of the dark side, my friends. This earth school is never boring. And with the Lord, victory is ours. God bless you. I'll talk to you next podcast.